you are at Founders FAQ, answers to all the possible questions of a founder. I think you need to really have your vision and connect with what you want to do and find people that actually like share the vision, share the frustration, share the solution that you are solving to the problem and that they believe in it. Welcome to Founders of AQ. Today, my guest is Ursamut. He's co-founder at Gorillas, a Q-commerce company that has recently raised $1 billion. Previously, Ur was co-founder and CEO at Medigo. And lastly, Ur invests in startups as an angel investor as well. Hey, Ur. Hey, Thank you for coming to Founders of AQ. Hey, Ilker. Thank you for inviting me. It's great to be here. I have lots of questions for you, but at first place, I'm wondering how this all started. It was, uh, I think, in mid-2020, right? Yeah, it was actually end of April, beginning of May 2020 that we were like, okay, let's, let's do this, let's start this thing. So this is actually, Gorillas is my third company and uh, and my co-founder Khan, he came actually from Istanbul, Turkey and he said, I'm so frustrated and like we are in Berlin and in Germany, I'm so frustrated. He said, I want to order groceries and it's like, I want to, I have some needs and I want to order them. And uh, the earliest anybody can deliver is the next day. And they tell me to stay at home for three hours so that they can deliver it. It is crazy and unacceptable. And, and then he was like, we should really build a company that can deliver essential needs in 10 minutes. Like it should in, in the time that we can go to space, this should be way easier. He said, and I was like, actually, you know what? It's so true. Like, and I realized, and I'm longer in Germany. I realized actually I'm used to this subpar service, like this uh, bad quality service. And I was like, you are so right, actually. It is not recognized. And that is how we actually said, okay, let's do it. Like it came out of frustration. Like, And I think that is a good way to start. There is a problem. It really irritates you. And then you really want to change it. I get it. And after after the pandemic and I think for the last uh, six to uh, nine months, uh, lots of players are also joining the on-demand grocery market. So how do you see it in the competition? And uh, what do you see in the next couple of years while shaping the market as a gorillas? Yeah. So, I mean, grocery market is, is really big. So, and this Q-commerce last mile delivery is infancy just started, right? So, so actually we, we welcome and appreciate the competition because in the end, we are all trying to educate the market that, look, you can get the same quality, same price to your door in 10 minutes, why not use it? And and that education, like people in the beginning think like, okay, what's going on? Like, what is what is the service about? So like the more companies, startups doing that, the more it helps to educate the market and that this is actually a superior service and it's a new category. And that's why actually we will be welcome. And, and you see actually the, the cities and the countries where there are more competition, the, the awareness and like the penetration is significantly higher. I get it. And as I know, you have double digit month revenue growth. And while the company scales as a founder, you need to scale yourself. And how do you do that? And what do you recommend for the founders while they're scaling their companies, they have scaled themselves as well? Yeah, to be honest, it's a very good point, Ilker. Um, One of the biggest challenges is that the company is growing so fast. It's very hard for us to also grow at the same time 
level. So that's why actually we are now like not only that we of course bring more experienced people than us that can also help us teach us etc and uh, take responsibility and I think that is the part that we do really good like giving people responsibility otherwise we wouldn't be able to grow this fast but also external support advisor coaches and all these industry experts opinion leaders to really come and share their view because then once we have this 360 feedback and knowledge then we can take a decision not only like better decision but also faster decision because we are much more informed that is the only way I think to keep up with that speed otherwise you you cannot yeah and on that part what was the biggest challenge on your end I think the biggest challenge was actually hiring because um there is so much you can do as one person and you really need to bring the experts people the experienced opinion leaders to actually come and help you and take over some of the responsibility and then while all this chaos and this growth is happening allocating time for recruitment is always hard because you always think of it as like not business critical at that moment but it is the biggest invest like the best investment you can do because it immediately helps like maybe not on that day or the next week but in a few weeks the return is insane because you have some somebody else that is actually able to help you and that can take half of or like one area domain from you and actually do it probably better because that person would be knowing that domain better than you. So yeah. that was the biggest challenge, actually. The time mm-hmm. allocation to recruitment where like you don't see the impact that day and when there is so much growth and so much chaos and so much like uh, happening, how do you allocate time for something that is longer term? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, after the pandemic, everyone is in remote right now and finding A plus talent is, is pretty hard to, like compared to five, 10 years ago. So how do you find the A plus people especially in in the beginning of the company because in the beginning of the company those a plus players shape your company future yeah i think you need to really have your vision and connect with what you want to do and find people that actually like share the vision share the frustration share the solution that you are solving to the problem and that they believe in it And they actually want to do the same thing because otherwise, like you won't be able to bring somebody that is doing it for like financial upside only. I'm not saying don't give that, of course, but I think you need to have that like that solution and it is in their soul as well. They really like the soul, that vision, that solution that what you are doing, the impact, the change you are creating. If they believe in it and they see that frustration and they want to change it, you need to find those people. And that is the hard part because then if you find those people, then you can also intensivize not only with just money, but also like making them the owners of the business as well, like stock equity, et cetera. And then they they also are mobilized and electrified to, to take this to the next level. And that is why like the, the biggest, I think, connector is actually sharing that vision when you are meeting people and um, hiring the ones that this vision resonates the most with. Mm-hmm. I get it. And what will be your topics on the culture side? Because culture is the core element on that part. Yeah, so so I think that's super important actually. Like and it goes hand in hand with that vision so for like when we started it was very clear to us and and i think the culture is defined by what you want to do and what your how your character is so for us it was really this change like there is this belief when we started this business that like what we have right now is okay and for us it was unacceptable we have to change it so so we would never work with like people who are against change and there are so many that are against change so that is one like culture and we have four values in the company one is own the change like change something two is be bold don't be scared 
just try it. Three is be authentic. Don't have ego. Like be open and authentic and be sincere. And four is always be riding. So because most of the business happens actually in the warehouse and like the delivery. So so like be part of that whole journey, not just uh, sitting in the office and trying to do something, but like the whole journey, actually delivering to the customer and see how it goes. So the culture is basically you have to define it early on. And that I think comes with what you are trying to do in the industry and connected with your values. And for us, it was like, let's move fast. Let's change and disrupt. We have a frustration. Let's fi- let's fix it, and this this will be big. We will spread it. We are proud to do this, and we will spread it. And you have to believe like that. This is gonna get big. So within this group of like, you, this is your culture and it reflects to these values. And you just basically have to talk with these people and share with them. And if it, it doesn't matter how good the person is, if this does not resonate, you should not be working with these people. Like it's just not going to work. I get it. And on the other side, uh, you have to find money. And uh, what will be your recommendation for the founders while uh, getting the first size to the VCs? Do you think the VCs are investing directly to the founder and the founder's story? What do you think about it? I don't think they only invest in the founder. I mean, of course, if you are coming with like, five companies track record sold each one of the more existed than with billion plus then this is an edge case an anomaly i would say but in most cases i think they are investing in a combination of one the founder the team to the timing because not everything is applicable every time sometimes you are just too early and sometimes you are too late so and then the idea and how big it is so uh, the combination of these three things actually is generally the decision maker for the investor to invest or not. And, and yeah, it is not only the founder, and um, but of course it is very important to your track record and how passionate you are about. And especially after the C stage, when you get a price round, you get a board member, uh, VC board members. And uh, what do you recommend for founders, like how to leverage and manage uh, the board? And because uh, this is your top tier people to shape the company. And after series A, you're adding new members to your board. So uh, what do you say about it? Yeah, so I think first of all, like when you are talking with investors, you need to talk with multiple so that you have optionality as well. And that is quite important. And that optionality, I'm not talking about to get the best financial offer. That is not the reason. I think the reason is that finding that suitable investor for you is important. And by suitable, I mean that has an experience with the sector you are in, especially if you are doing B2B that has connections so that it can bring business to you as well. But also understanding of the whole industry, connections in general, and most important, the vision actually. Like, is the vision of the investor same as yours? Because if it's the same, it will be very harmonic. And if it is not, then you will have a lot of issues. And I think like also um, with what we have, we have very, like we, we share the vision and we have very ambitious investors and that really fits us because we also want to make this thing global, right? And and they are very smart people, um, but they also will never have the same amount of time you have. So that's why you should really prepare in a way in this board meetings, etc. Most of the time I see founders, I, I am also besides Gorillas in the board of, or five other companies as well, that the founder should really prepare and use the time to get the best out of the investors who have a lot of experience seeing the industry and the mark, like the macro, what is going on in different countries in this industry, rather than asking very specific your company related questions. So um, try to leverage their networks, try to leverage their 
smartness and experience and try to leverage their um, basically a high level market view because they are very good at that. They see so many companies, so many founders, so many trends happening at the same time. I get it. I have last last two questions. One is what will be the top skills of a founder when you think about it? If you say like top three skills, what would it be? Yeah, I think you should be really relentless and like super passionate about what you are doing because in the end, you don't know how long it will take from the moment that you start to do something till the moment that you have a lot of people believing in it. So that's why that passion is one that like perseverance is the other thing. So these two has to be there. And then I think the third thing is that you have to be balanced in terms of, and that's a very hard one, but balanced in terms of being emotional, which is needed, but equally also being rational. Like, because generally when you are too rational, um, you are not able to assess how valuable emotionally what you are doing, the impact of society, et cetera, what you are doing is. But you are, if you are too emotional, you are also not realizing the financial side of it. Like in the end, it's still a business, right? You need to make it somehow work and that there's a market that is evaluating it. And in the end, if an investor doesn't like it, and if 100 investors doesn't like it, there is something fundamentally wrong financially. And you have to be rational and change what you are doing. So I think I think this this kind of are the three things. I get it. And my last question, you have recently raised billion dollar. And what's next for Gorillas? I think we are just scratching the surface because um, like in the places that we opened one year ago, we see like already a huge penetration level um, in the in the cities that we are operating now more than nine months. But most of the like 80% of the cities that we are in are did or did open in the last six months. So so that's why we, we are quite excited that uh, like the growth is going to be massive. But we also now are moving towards this like um, sustainability because we we have a lot of uh, societal impact actually like in the end imagine once we change the um perception of the people from this hey i i do my groceries weekly you don't need to do it weekly actually right so um you don't need to buy this uh, all of these items in the week and then some of them go bad after some days you can actually buy everything fresh and this will have a massive impact on actually like the additives that are used, the shelf life that are designed for products, because then everything becomes more sustainable. You buy everything as you need, fresh, and that changes the whole industry, actually. And that, I think, we will need um, a lot to work on that as well. And that will be on us and the companies like us that are doing this uh, fresh daily um, that will disrupt this retail industry and supply chain. And that is, I think, a lot of the next challenges will be around like making the supply chain even more fluid and fast. Or, uh, these are all my questions. Thank you for coming to Founders FAQ. Thanks a lot, Ikea. Very nice to be here. Good luck with the other sessions. By the way, you can order Founders FAQ from the website. It covers the answers to all the possible questions of a founder in a startup journey, whether revealing life-saving principles for the startup survival path, building A-plus teams, creating an evolving machine, setting up a need culture, or interpreting the true path for the fundraising. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook.